Jeremy, a couple of quick words on this. The end of the event, it was like it was so much work coming in, so much time, and then it's over. It's over. It's over. We did it. Yeah, we pulled off a great event. Um, we had 13 teams here. It was phenomenal. We got the best team in the country here. Now they got to hold that shield and come back next year and defend it. So, so we'll be back. And we'll be back with a hat like that for me? Yeah, we will. Well, I, I'll see what I can do. All right. I'll pull some, uh, I'll pull some strength for Congratulations, you. Congratulations, my friend. Well Thanks, done. Thanks, Matt. Next on the College Rugby Wrap-Up, the NCR All-Star Weekend Recap. Exclusive footage, interviews, and fun. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pump, and... Lean and limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey everybody and welcome back to this week's college rugby wrap-up. We have our all-star panel with Colby Marshall, Zach Lanning, and Josh Recio. I'm Matt McCarthy, just back from Houston. A lot of people down there were saying Houston for some reason, but we're back from Houston where the NCR, the National Collegiate Rugby Organization's All-Star Weekend Shield Challenge. I think I got that all right. That's a huge acronym, but what a weekend of all-star collegiate rugby in H-Town, Space City, Houston. Uh, Colby, why don't you walk us back on the two-day tournament with a brief recap? For sure, Matt. And what a weekend it was. I mean, you had the tough job of being in Houston calling, what was it, 10 to 12 games over the span of two days that you did? Well, the likes of me, Josh, and Zach got to watch from our couch comfortably. But let's get into a recap of what went on. On day one, each team played three games of two 20-minute halves. And it was obvious that Obviously, the teams were not used to playing with each other. I mean, these are players coming from all over the country, some of the best players in D1A in the NCR landscape. You know, it was obvious that they needed a little bit of time to get to know each other's play styles and combat that with the wind and the, you know, the tough weather that was going on on day one. It was just, uh, you know, really tough for teams to get out the gate. But we did see the New England Independent Reds come out on top of Pool A with a 3-0 record, while the Southeast Bears won Pool B, going 3-0 as well on day one. And on day two, I feel like we definitely saw a lot better rugby. Uh, teams were definitely more comfortable playing with each other. The weather was a bit nicer. And we saw two squads from Pool A make the championship. That was the New England Independent Reds and the Pacific Coast Grizzlies. New England won this match 18 to eight off of efforts from the likes of Jasper Green, Mike Weir and Chief Chifumbo. Uh, you know, the Pacific Coast Grizzlies, even though they lost this game, they had a really impressive playoff run. They won three come from behind games. Uh, you know, three they had three games where they came from behind and won uh, leading up to this championship match. So hats off to them for, you know, a great performance throughout the day. As far as the rest of the standings go, we had the Great Lakes uh, Thunderbirds finished third, Southeast finished fourth, the Tri-State Vikings finished fifth, Mid-Atlantic finished sixth, the Midwest squad finished seventh, and the New England Whites finished eighth. And guys, the Great Lakes Thunderbirds rising stars were younger players trying to get on the radar of getting on the radar. 
So that was a that was a younger division or a less uh, less uh, seasoned division, if you will. But some of those guys were very good too. Uh, general comments from each one of us now on the tournament. Why don't we start with you, Colby? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I really enjoyed the matches over the weekend. I think this is a great way to really sort of map out a plan for the younger players in the college rugby landscape. You know, um, we obviously know a lot of the upperclassmen and guys that are ready for the MLR kind of, you know, going into next year. But I think this is a great way to see the younger talent and to really track them throughout the years of their college experience as they get closer to uh, being eligible for the MLR draft. Yeah, no, I agree with Colby. Uh, great weekend. Great you know, chance for players to get noticed. Uh, there was one interesting thing that stood out to me watching. The, the teams would opt a lot for the quick uh, take off penalties, tap and go off penalties. I understood that on day one, the conditions were so messy. The wind was so crazy that, it, you know, you're not going to get a lot of distance kicking for, for touch off those penalties. Uh, and the line outs were, were kind of a nightmare as well. So you really don't know what you're getting on that end. Uh, but then to see it come back on day two, I thought was very interesting. You know, a lot sometimes they would catch other team off guard, but these are all the, the best players in, in the country. They're, they, they're focused. They're ready to go. And most of the time, the only people they caught off guard were their own teammates. So a lot of guys isolated without a lot of support coming off of penalties. So I was really interested as to why that became such a uh, trend throughout the weekend. You know, there are a lot of great athletes. Maybe they just wanted to show off some of their, their skills with ball in hand. Um, but I'd also thought maybe a lot of the kickers would want to show that they have a little bit more pinpoint accuracy off those penalty kicks as well into touch. So interesting thing to watch. Does that become a, a fad, you know, going forward in, in the college landscape as well in the regular games? Or is that just kind of a, a fun, you know, all-star weekend quirk? Josh, what did you think? You know, Matt, it, it was it was it was great to see. I think it's a great starting point for NCR um, to be able to see those guys go down there and play games. Yes, it was sloppy at times. Um, you know, as we've had with other events in Houston, like you said, the wind was crazy. Um, for me personally, it's going to be really exciting to see you know how we go from here, right? So we've we've thrown this great event, Matt. You did a great job down there, um, working your tail off. You know, how does D1A respond? How does how do they do, you know, an event similar like this to, you know, as Colby mentioned, give, you know, MLR, USA Rugby more of those opportunities to, you know, see the future talent um, that we have throughout the United States. And, you know, even people that are coming from out of the country to come play at, you know, colleges in the States. So it'd be really exciting to see where we take it from here. You've got the NCC sevens as the the uh, the counterpunch, if you will, from the USA Rugby sanctioned. Uh, CRAA group, and that's an interesting one to look at two weeks prior to the May Madness tournament. Um, but you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm I'm the ultimate optimist. I'm hoping maybe there's a uniting of the clans eventually. But guys, let's we we, we are kind of pre pressed for time here, and that's a whole other topic, right? We could talk for an hour on that topic, but let's talk about players that maybe up their stock, if you will, maybe put themselves on the MLR radar. Colby, why don't we start with you? Yeah, man, when I think about players that I enjoyed watching over the weekend, I think of a guy like Chris Stanbeck out of Iowa Central. You know, a lot of people don't realize, but he played fly half for the first time this past fall for Ayers Iowa Central Rugby. And, you know, in, in this tournament over the weekend he wasn't one of the guys that you know really stood out I, I guess but he's a young player that has an insanely high rugby IQ you know you saw him find his centers on on multiple you know short lines throughout the game he, he received the ball out of the air very well and I was just very impressed with his poise at such a young age I think he's somebody that can eventually climb the ranks of 
being somebody that can be ready for the MLR in future years. Absolutely. And let's not forget that Iowa Central Community College is what that school is. And it's a two-year school. So Coach Brent Nelson is constantly dealing with a turnover after two years. Zach. Yeah. So uh, a couple of guys that I liked, you know, kind of in a similar vein to Colby, I was looking for somebody who rose above, you know, and show that they have uh, another aspect to their game that is just, you know, better than, than being the best athlete on the pitch or, or just, you know, they showed something a little bit extra, a little rugby acumen, if you will. Um, and that person for me was Noah Mills, the lock for the Southeast Bears. Uh, he plays at the Citadel. He's already a physical specimen at six foot three, 245 pounds. So he has, you know, a, a great build to be a second row or, or you know, maybe even a loose forward in, in, at the MLR level. But what he showed me was an extra level, an extra step to his game, which was he was a facilitator out there. He was great with ball in hand, which you don't often see from, you know, from a guy that size or playing that position. Uh, you know, you saw the Southeast Bears had a great runner uh, in this guy, Teixeira, in, in the center line. But, you know, the tries he scored, oftentimes you would see no big Noah Mills rumbling down the field with the ball. Uh, he was always aware of what was going on around him. Nice offloads go into contact going down with the ball. So just another level to his game that I think is, you know, something that MLR scouts might have uh, might have picked up on and might be interested in getting somebody who can handle the ball with that size um, at the next level. Um, and then just to mention a quick mention of another guy that really stood out to me was Mark Carney, the fly half from George from Georgetown. Young guy, uh, you know, he looked like he, he looked physically smaller than a lot of the other guys out there. These are some grown men uh, on the pitch, uh, but he did never back down, acquitted himself well uh, at the fly hat position. You know, he's played rugby since he was seven years old, which you could really tell. He was finding the space out there. He was really setting up his teammates well, finding, you know, finding good running lines for them. Um, and you always need talent like that at the fly half position so he's a name to, to watch going forward and apologies to his family because of some administrative uh clerical issues his name wasn't always mentioned on the broadcast uh two number 26 is running around doesn't make for a fun time in the booth matt i'm sure um but he he was really good and so again we'll, we'll make sure we get his name right going forward in the future yeah you know this was an organic thing that happened, you know, and, and there's some of these teams weren't assembling until Friday or Thursday night. They had never met each other. So the coaching staffs were really stressed. And I know that this particular team was their coaching staff and their, their coaching staff and management team was particularly under fire because a couple of the other coaches couldn't make it down and we, you know, things fall through the cracks. We, we wanted all the players to have one dedicated number. So for the, for the traditionalists out there that were pounding the tables with harumphs because it wasn't the tra traditional match day 23, it was impossible in this tournament to, to do that. And we requested that the players come there with hopefully their own number for the entire tournament for two reasons, for us to identify them so they can get their airtime, air and two, so that the MLR scouts, there were five teams represented, could indeed identify them readily and unfortunately mark carney who i'm hoping it's it's either carney and maybe it's kearney and i don't want to i'm going to do it both ways here so we had him down as chad tiernan because there was two number 26s on the roster and we only had one name and we didn't really realize that until the second half of sunday so apologize apologies to the tiernan and the carney families we did. Uh, we've done Mark Carney justice on our show, though. We had him spotlighted in our players to watch show last week as well. So we've we've been helping him out. Damn right uh, we did. Damn <laughs> right we did. 
And I would say a lot of the players we highlighted, guys, just to just to bring that back up, were guys that made a lot of plays on the pitch there. So kudos around, pats on the back to us. So not that we need it, but uh, congrats to all of us on our uh, our, our foresight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well said. Josh? Milan Van Wick. That man, the small but mighty man from New Mexico Tech, is my guy. You know, he's from Namibia. We've, we've seen this influx of international players coming in and making an impact on their teams. New Mexico Tech team, you know, maybe a lot of people have not been watching throughout the year. He came into Houston, elevated this game right away, and he was everywhere. You know, uh, such an exciting guy to watch. I think he's got um, a really great career here in the United States while he's playing rugby. And I was just amazed day in, day out. But no matter what was happening for the team, he was everywhere. If he was able to make good runs, then he, he was kind of my star performer. I think you're going to have some MLR teams taking a look at him. And um, hopefully his stock has definitely gone up after that weekend. Who's your second guy? Another guy, Matt, that I would talk about, if, if not for hair alone, we can also say it's for his name, Prince Lewis Bush IV. I just, I, I got to say, I mean, how does one acquire such an amazing name? And not only the name, right, but to back it up and play really solid rugby throughout the weekends. Kudos to the parents for giving him to the name and kudos to the kid for, you know, really performing for the weekend. So another guy I'd say his stock's definitely gone up. You know, I gotta, I'm going to cheat here on my picks, guys, because I, I was there and I got to meet a lot of these guys in person. And, and my, my, my number one guy is Mike Weir out of Dartmouth. He was the field general and he was the one guy that I noticed immediately in the ridiculous wind conditions that was Saturday. It was comical. It was literally, you kick the ball up, you're right in front of the posts. You're going for a conversion or you've got a penalty kick. You're directly in front of the posts. You put the ball in the air and it gets, it looks like it's going to go through the posts. And then this fourth field grabs the ball like it's on a huge string and yanks it 20 yards the other way, back the other, back in the other direction or to the left. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. And players were not exactly adapting to those conditions. They were acting instinctively a lot, particularly with ball in hand. I mean, guys that usually go to foot in certain certain situations. Mike Weir was one of these guys that adapted immediately for the New England Reds, the Independents. And then on the second day, on Saturday, on Sunday, fortunately, the wins were less, but they were still, you know, they weren't gone by any stretch of the imagination. But some of these these kickers who couldn't showcase their kicking talents on Saturday at all were able to do so on Sunday. And I got to mention Killian Burns with his team down by two men in the Simbin, two bad bears, Grizzlies, in the Simbin, and his team down by two points with time running out, or so we thought, because the last play of the game lasted for about six minutes, but that's a different story. Anyway, he opts to go for posts from an impossible angle in really tough conditions on Saturday. Despite the fact that it was sunshine on your screens, the winds were still in- impactful, and he nails it. And this came right after, you know, a certain announcer in the booth said, there's no way a team is going to lose this if they have Mike Confor- Matt Conforti from the University of Buffalo on the roster. And as soon as I said that on the air, the Grizzlies came down and scored. So... You know, that was one thing. So Mike Weir gets my first nod, but also my 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 other guy. I'm going to go with another guy, Joseph I, number 28, he was wearing. He's like six foot one and like 235. And if he was a baseball player, he'd be one of those five-tool players. He could do it all. And he was doing it all for his team. But guys, I could talk about 
a, a zillion of these players over and over uh, for hours, but we can't do that. We have to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Looking for your next vehicle? With Shee's Easy Search, choose from over 3,000 new and used vehicles. Shop, trade, or buy online or in store. We make it easy with our award winning service. It's easy at Shee. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has a taste on the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. For fans in the tri-state New York area or players that want to get some notice, there's a 2022 College Fair and Rugby Combine from Rugby, New Jersey on Sunday, February 13th at the Middletown Sports Complex. Check out NewJerseyRugby.LeagueApps.com store. That's NewJerseyRugby.LeagueApps.com slash store. I'm Juwan Johnson from the Grizzlies and you're watching Rugby Matchup. I'm Juwan Johnson from the Grizzlies and you're watching Rugby Wrap Up. And we are back. And before I bring the other three out of the green room, I, I just wanted to get a little airtime for two guys that I bonded with over the weekend for different reasons. And the first one up is Joe Castell. Joe. All right. As promised to you, Joe Castell, you have your three minutes of fame because you were kind enough to trade me your beloved hat which we do have a photo of. But, Joe, let me tell you people about you a little bit. A, you're wearing Daisy Duke shorts to the, um, the team dinner, which immediately caught my eye. A uh, couple of painted fingernails here and there. And you had the hat with the feather in it. So, Joe, you're from Osseo, Wisconsin, uh, University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point, where you are majoring in psychology because you found it interesting and that you'd like to maybe go into sports psychology. You started playing rugby because you were tired of doing nothing. But one would argue that studying is not nothing. Just saying might be a lost art. Right. But uh, favorite players are Sam Underhill and Joe Marler. And you right now are a hooker. And you and which team were you playing with at the tournament? Uh, With the Midwest. I played on the All Stars and a little bit on the Rising Stars for the Midwest. All right. Cool. So, A, what did you think of the tournament? I felt like a summer tournament. Just a lot of fun. A bunch of characters and a bunch of really good gameplay. A bunch of characters, indeed, and you are one of those characters. And we need to get into your wardrobe. No, we don't. You know, I don't want to pry, but it was exceptional. It was exceptional, and it had a lot of us nodding jealously that we were not actually in better outfits. Thus, the trade for the hat for me to try to come close, Joe, just close to touching what you had fingernails choice or did you is it a fine or did you lose a bet or you just like to pay uh, i just do it because i like to do it uh i think it's one of those things where it's 
if I think it's cool, I'm going to do it. Same with my hair. A lot of people said they aren't brave enough to do it, but why not? It looks cool. So do it. As a bitter old bald guy, I would be doing all kinds of things with my hair. Your hair would be one of them. I love it. You know, it's great. Fantastic. Don't listen to anybody. And I'm, I'm just I'm just concerned about the fingernails. Uh, is the polish organic? That's something I'm going to have to look into and become a bit more conscious moving forward with my next selection, I think. I'm just saying, I mean, danger is your middle name because you play <laughs> rugby, but you don't want to be dangerous with stuff that you put on your skin and nails. And I'm just one of those. I'm just one of those, Joe. I'm a worry ward, for God's sakes. All right, we're almost up with you. Three minutes, Joe. But Oof. hobbies, what do you got other than rugby? Um, Longboarding, I do a little bit of that. Um, Just getting in the gym, getting outside being out and about doing some things uh just like to lift heavy things and uh and tattoos you have a tattoo on your thigh explain yeah i have the uh rug my rugby team's tattoo uh if you want i can show it right now let's see it all right it is oh i'm gonna have to stand up a little bit here this is the stevens point rugby uh crest and as you can see a lot of players on our team will get it once they score their first try. And uh, I scored my first try a couple <laughs> years ago and got it. Wow. Wow. Usually it was something else like you had to run naked through the quad, which is not, I'm not recommending that ladies and gentlemen, by any stretch of the imagination that is not allowed on campus. Um, but tattoo that's okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. And um, that was also the hat, right? Yeah. Got it right right back here. There's the hat, and it's got the feather. Joe, explain the feather, please. Um, I was just out golfing with my buddies, uh, found the hat. I mean, found the feather, picked it up, put it in, and said, Call me Hawk. All right, Hawk. I'm with you, Hawk. Joe Hawk Castell. You have been on rugby wrap-up. Thank you. Unfortunately, we had a technical snafu and couldn't get Cameron on, but we will get him on in the future. In the meantime, let's get the three loafers out of the green room and get them back to work. Gentlemen, let's get back to the action. But before we do, gentlemen, let's. this is a great time for our Sheehy Auto Stores pop-up quiz of the day. What was the overtime scenario? Should we have gone into overtime in the All-Star Shield weekend? If you think you know the answer, Raise your hand, and I'll call on you. Josh? Penalty kicks. Zach? It's total points. Colby? Guys, everybody knows it was a 10-minute overtime period, followed by a five-player kickoff. Ding, ding, ding. And Colby Marshall is today's Sheehy Auto Stores pop-up quiz winner of the day. And Josh, let's not forget our D1A counterparts west of the Mississippi for the most part. Yeah, you know, we, we had a lot of talent down in Houston for a weekend. But, you know, I think still, no matter what, you have to look at Cal and say that's that's kind of the crown jewel of rugby in the United States right now. And they and they showed it in the Dennis Store Classic. They've won this tournament 16 consecutive times, you know, so they have clearly got a good stronghold on this tournament. They beat a really good uh, UCLA team 38 to 8. Um, we had saw videos earlier of UCLA starting out their practices for the season, and they looked like a really, really solid team. Um, but, you know, Cal's got some seniors, Nathan Celestra and Marcus Shanklin, two tries each. And, you know, they kind of just looked dominant throughout the entire tournament. 
you know, Jack Clark, the, the coach who basically has a movie name, was pretty humble the entire time, just saying that they, you know, had little patches of good play throughout and that they still haven't reached their full potential. But I mean, if you would have watched that tournament, you would have been a little bit scared of Cal as they enter into their spring season. I mean, they looked, they looked amazing throughout. Um, you know, even on the younger side, I would want to say, I want to point out, there's one guy, Caleb Thomasine, um, related to the seven star, Steven Thomasine. He as well, only a sophomore was able to come out, get some early minutes in that tournament. And he looked solid. So across the board from freshmen to seniors, Cal looks like they got another strong team. And I think they're going to be really a hard team to beat. Uh, throughout the year, especially if Jack is right and they haven't reached their full potential. And Harry Bennett, the former Rugby New York fly half, is the coach of UCLA now. So had to be a bit of a daunting task for him marching out his troops against Jack Clark and those vaunted Bears. But kudos, kudos to UCLA, right? I mean, UCLA, as we said, they're a solid team. They're always up there with Cal and they're always that one team to challenge them. So, you know, it's only a preseason tournament. I think UCLA still has the potential to beat them come later in the season when they play again. Yeah, more exciting college rugby, 15s and 7s, a full slate of it ahead of us this spring. Looking forward to it. Final thoughts, Zach. Just to keep an eye again on that women's 7s and also some international 7s, I believe, coming up this weekend, um, and also MLR preseason kicking off soon. So we got a lot of rugby outside the college space as well. It's going to be a chock-full spring uh, full of rugby. So can't wait. Can't wait. All right. I do want to thank my colleagues in the booth for their very, very solid and hard work this weekend. And that is top of the list is John Broker, who had a Herculean effort. He, he compiled all the data, uh, helped us with names, a constant workhorse. And so was Grant Cole and Pat Clifton. And those guys really, really made it a special weekend. And I think that's it, fellas, um, unless I'm, I'm mistaken. That is this week's college rugby wrap-up. Thank you, Mr. Josh Rescio, Mr. Zach Lanning, and Mr. Colby Marshall. On behalf of these gentlemen, I'm Matt McCarthy. Thank you for tuning in, and please check out our other stuff. And please tell your mates about us, sign up for our weekly newsletter, and please join our rugby wrap-up Red Cross blood donor team as blood donations are needed now more than ever.